I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Simmer down with Sean Simpson. Brady Kachuk with the tip. His 100th goal. It is 300th game, and it's a Gordie Howe hat trick to tie it. The sickest Ottawa Senators podcast. It's going to be sick. Well, hello, Ottawa. It is high noon. And what does that mean in the nation's capital and all over the world? Well, if you're waking up in Ottawa, unfortunately, it means snow. But of course, it means a little simmer down. We can call it a little simmer time, a little lunch break, wherever you're around the world. Or if you're at the high noon here in Ottawa, uh, time to sit back and enjoy. I'm at the old North Manitick Estate. Echo the dog is my live audience. I'm ready to rock and roll. And of course, as usual, I'd like to welcome in my co-pilot, Mr. Justin Murray from the old penthouse in Gatsino. How are you doing? Justin. How are you doing, brother? Good, good, good. Yourself? I'm excellent. Now, good. you worked for the Sens, and you yeah. also uh, were, I guess you'd be old enough to kind of re- Do you remember the Battle of Ontario at all? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, I mean, I I wasn't a Sens fan early on just because my dad worked for Florida yeah. and then Anaheim, yeah. but obviously it was on TV and, and all my friends are, so you definitely know how that went. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I look at it when it happened in with Toronto. And again, since I've covered Ottawa wasn't bad, but at the time, uh, you know, Toronto was actually dog shit. They were just into a complete rebuild. Then when Toronto got good, Ottawa was bad. So we're starting to get to a point. I think we saw it last night where there's some parallels between the club. And when I think about a Toronto and I try to grab the vibe of what's going on in the Ottawa market, other years didn't matter what was happening. This is kind of like uh, Ohio State and Michigan in football, right? You're going to be judged on whether you win that game. Yeah. And from an Ottawa perspective, I like to make things most most things sexual. And what I feel like when you talk about beating the Toronto Maple Leafs, there are those situations where man or woman, you have the different levels of sex. You have the booty call, right? Where you're just kind of in there and you're back out. You have that sex once in a while where, you know what, you're, you're just kind of chatting, but you both kind of understand when you beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, Justin, I don't know if you agree, it's the kind of sex where you want to hang around. You actually may even talk, cuddle, light up a cigarette. Would you feel that's the same for a lot of Sens fans? Like, it's not just about the actual moment. It is truly enjoying it. Maybe even cuddling and staying overnight, and, you know, and if you're married. But just, you know what I mean? Don't you think yeah. it takes you to another romantic no, level it, if you're a Sens it's, fan? It's definitely a different level. You want to you want to win those big games, right? So, no, not win. Uh, I want uh, you to stay with my sexual side. <laughs> I don't care about Don't go right into hockey mode. No, no, I'm asking I I, if. If you, if you can, on the time that you worked for Ottawa, when you won against Toronto, if you had a partner, oh, did yeah, you just it, feel like, you know, that was, was the just, time? That was, that was it. That, it yeah. c- couldn't get better than that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, you know, it's also funny. I don't, you know, of all things, I worked for the least for a few years, which was weird for me because I don't think my heart ever left Washington. I, yeah. even for the four years and I had an extra year of my contract, I was, you know, in the KHL, but it never felt like I worked for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the sense I lived in Rhode Island. I grew up a Montreal Canadiens fan. And to that, when I lived away for so long was pretty much, I had moved away by the time Ottawa got a franchise. So I never had any relevant attachment to it. But the one thing I totally get, and this is from a sense perspective, you know, last night's game is played in Toronto. And I understand why it works, even for TSN and other things. It would have nothing to do with how Ottawa, well, Ottawa played. <laughs> The whole play after the game is going to be how how crap the the Toronto Maple Leafs are, right? Yeah. Nothing like the, they'll probably be for be showing that Robertson goal all night. That might even be the play of the day before yeah. they show anything as far as the Ottawa Senators or start to chat it up and give them a little bit of credit. Yeah, I mean in Toronto they won't be giving the Sens much credit for this win, even though they should. Um, yeah. I thought they came out 
playing hard and and everything we asked them to do yesterday on the pod they kind of yeah did, you know, there's a little so in their own end you're still worried oh, yeah. about the long-term yeah. future and and just one game doesn't mean it's everything solved but back on the right track and, and um with a game here tonight you can just jump right into it again not mm-hmm. think about it too much and just just play hockey that's what they know how to do and, and uh with a team that's got some confidence now after this win they're playing for their coach uh to kind of prove something i i I think it's all good things did you have a hard time uh because i'll say this and and washington i was really dialed in toronto as well but i guess any team did you have a real hard time breaking down how well you played or whether or not the opposition was terrible because i got to tell you when i watch games and this is part of watching toronto last night we're very critical of ottawa in their own end and then i'm watching some of the toronto situation and this is also league-wide i think we harp a lot the game has been set up since 0405 to basically allow offenses to be in the defensive zone, right? To, to, to yeah. generate chances. The chaotic situations that happen for Ottawa, we break them down all the time, but it's certainly not any better. And to that, Justin, didn't you have a hard time where, okay, you come out after a victory. I always felt like, great. Didn't matter if the other team's playing three and four nights. Didn't matter if they're no good. Now, conversely, when you lost, it really didn't, you know, hey, you could give credit to the opposition once in a while, but it's really hard when you're focused on one team to keep the balance and to understand what went right or what went wrong, depending on whether you win or lose. Yeah, very rarely do you go in and and talk about how well the other team played. You're more talking how poorly um you played or how much better or bounces you should have thought you got what should have got um so and and you are you're always going to be critical about your own team more than anything you're you're correct well exactly and and i always found that and that's one of the things for people behind the scenes if you're going off to do pro scouting you're doing different things if you can understand your own team detach yourself uh, and scout then that ends up being great but that ends up being pretty hard at times in the sense of how do you accomplish that? How do you not focus on both teams that end up being on there? So, like I said, now well, let's really get down to, from an Ottawa Centers perspective, what went right last night. And this is the interesting part. All of the pressure, all of the hype, all of the things going into the hockey game. Where would the Ottawa Centers be without Claude Giroux? I mean, that's the question I asked today because we had all the talk. And Brady Kachuk might be a little bit of an ailment because I, I think normally we'd see more. And it seems like what Toronto Montreal brings out the best in him. But it was an amazing night last night, and they just looked to think, okay, it's all part of the process, but if Claude Giroux is not an Ottawa senator, not talking the talk and walking the walk, the face-offs, the plays, everything, Justin, do they flat out end up rallying and winning the hockey game last night? No, 100%, but they do have him, right? So that's why they brought him in. So um he's a, he's been a leader i mean i remember those series against crosby like yeah. those were those were some of the best hockey that you could see um oh, yeah. to the point that crosby obviously just hated him and maybe a reason why he didn't make um the national team at times um was yeah. because of that but yeah he 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 drags guys into the fight there um he's stick, sticking up for his coach he's well liked he's it's nothing better to have a leader um that's older that has been a good player in the past and still is a good player because yeah. uh, guys can't not listen to him right they, they have to listen to him or else you're just not uh, you're just not going to fit in and and he's doing that for the team and uh, I think it's a good thing to have there yeah it, it really is and you touch on a couple of points that are so key and this is a leadership perspective we often see where real good teams will bring in guys even the detroit teams back in the day brought in luke robitaille you bring in brett hall you bring in different guys now they're not being asked to do anything other than to compliment but when you bring in a leadership standpoint one of the hardest things unless you've been with the crew the whole way and you've dropped down to a third or fourth line if you're claude drew and you roll into ottawa and you're no longer a top six player no longer able to drive play it makes it harder to be an example. And from a free agent standpoint, I don't want to say it's luck. It's a great move by Pierre Dorian. Stepped yep. up right away, rated high noon, gave him big money. Now I'm you also have to off- say. I'm told he that? was offered more money from another team as well. Like, well, yeah. I'll be honest with you too. And I don't know a, how it works. All I, all I know is I talked to Claude Giroux right after, and he said, first of all, they called Philly and, and Florida, and neither of them wanted him back. And there were no other offers at that point. But as I said, whatever okay. it ends no, up no, being, that's fair. Yeah. Um, you know, 18 and a half million to stay at home or 19 and a half million, whatever it ends up being, if it's a yeah. bit more, but it's worked out. And I guess to that, this isn't an Ottawa thing. Look at that crew in Toronto last night, like Domi, whatever you think his role is going to be. Bertuzzi flies all around. Reeves, I think, is wearing Dion Phaneuf's uh, quick. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I think those are either snowshoes or, or, or boots he's wearing on the ice. Yeah. Like, is that guy the most useless player in the National Hockey League now? And then there he is chirping at the end of the game again. Well, then you look I at mean, Klingberg. Like, the Klingberg fella, the transformation. I looked up his date of birth. Like, tell me they're lying. There's no uh, way he's 31. He's got to be 51, 41. Hey, he's gonna be have to put out to pasture here soon. <laughs> oh my god! And I was a big fan. Like that's that's oh. that was the kind of the new age defenseman. You know, can re- yeah. those Swede Swede D coming in could handle the puck, uh, yeah. possession based uh, and with some yeah. size. But it's it, it's scary out there. That falling backward. That was a that was a tough tough ship for him. Oh, and, and, and you know it's it, it's funny because when he came into the league, I was kind of like, wow, they unearthed another really good player. Yeah, I thought 100%. in the playoffs a few years ago when they went to the final semifinals, he actually had defended pretty well. Now Heskinen yeah. comes along. What was the fellow that Ottawa traded to uh, for Kyle Turris? Because uh, he never even he, David Runblad. Yeah, no. he never even came close. But there's no, another guy that yeah. man. I I thought that yeah, exactly turned in the Tarasenko yeah. pick. Yeah. But I thought at the time this guy. But for Klingberg, and we don't need to dwell on the Toronto Maple Leafs, but in trying to augment and address their core, it has been a steady decline. And for Brad Trelevin, who's one of the nicest people, and people don't need to confuse this. I said nice yesterday on Twitter, and people are like, "Well, he's not." Hey, he left a mess in Calgary. He yeah. rolled right in, and one of his faults when he was with Calgary was always spending all of the money. They would always yeah. have five million left, and all of a sudden you grab a guy. They have, you know, consecutively not just his fault, but year after year, Justin, they've gotten worse and worse, and that is an interesting thing. But we're not going to talk Toronto Maple Leafs. We're going to yeah. focus on the Ottawa Senators and just the feeling in that hockey game. I've got to say as well, Justin, I was impressed with the start. They came in; it wasn't gangbusters. I didn't expect them to push Toronto around. But I felt a calming effect. I felt like when the game was close, and especially when it was 2-2, didn't feel like this nervous. Now, I watch it differently. I'm not like a mega fan. But I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, my God, all of a sudden they're going to get caved in. Corpusalo had settled in, made that great save on Matthews, made a nice glove save on Nylander after letting one in. Yeah. But it felt like a pretty good group there heading into yeah. a third period. And I, I, a, little sh- a little shocked at 6-3. But to me, yeah. there was a confidence level. And I'll give credit 11 games in. We have in the entire body of work, we've seen more of that than not that. It's just been this recent streak that has everyone going sideways, including yep. the old Simmer Down show. 100%. Uh, I, they came out with some jump um, and they needed to. And I, I thought yeah. their forecheck was a lot smarter um, yeah. this this game as well. Um, Joseph getting in on with some speed. Oh, man. Um, and, and because of the forecheck, they, they kind of had the puck a little more in their, in the other zone, in the offensive zone at times, compared to what we've seen in the last maybe six games. There again, they've allowed three goals. Um, one was on the power play. They limited the penalties, which we talked about yesterday. Um, so they allowed one power play goal. They allowed three goals total. I mean, that gives you a chance to win with this team because of the scoring ability that they have. So if they can keep it to two goals, the odd time, three goals, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to win more games than, than not. I, I like to think. Yeah. You end up getting some pretty big saves and I agree yeah. with you as you start to go through it. This is one of the things from a scouting standpoint, I'll use more of the pro side. Uh, you go to hockey games and everybody watches the same thing. There's a million analytics. There's all kinds of tape. It's trying to figure out behind the scenes. And I've always wondered from scouting football and baseball, and this more relates to performance where guys might build up for a contract. You don't know if they're on something. All of a sudden they show up in camp. You look at Sammy Sosa the one year he showed up as a free agent. You're like, are you sure that's the same guy? You were 220 last year. Now you're a buck 60. And from that standpoint, Matthew Joseph to me, and again, This is kind of understanding behind the scenes. I know he had injuries last year and it was lower body. When you also look at him being sat out last year and disciplined a couple of times, you're like, what is going on here? 
And we had the small sample size when he got traded for Nick Paul. And I'm like, wow, finally, Ottawa's made a pretty good trade here. They've yep. unearthed something. And then last year, I just blasted the guy nonstop. And I'm like, they miss Nick Paul. They miss Connor Brown. They miss Formington. Then he shows back up into training camp and forget about the way he played two years ago. Matthew Joseph is playing with speed and more importantly, which I never thought we'd see because I don't think hockey sense is his strength, Justin. And one of the things when his speed goes, he has trouble. He is playing with a purpose now. He's actually getting the puck. That that beautiful feed to Stutzla last night, the feed to Stutzla, then to Chikrin. There are plays now, and we'll get into the old triangle as we've talked about soccer in the past. Yeah. But isn't it incredible to see that line that was when he started out with Greg and Tarasenko was driving Tarasenko. Now, Matthew Joseph switched for all people. Keith, Brady Kachuk, forget about Keith. And all yeah. of a sudden, Stutzla and Drew are on fire. How much do you just kudos to Matthew Joseph? And how important has this been? Yeah. Uh, obviously, with some injuries and obviously with the Pinto suspension. Yeah. I mean, his even strength scoring was uh, very high in the NHL right now. I think it maybe yeah. even tied for fifth. Did um, you know last year that he didn't have an even strength goal the yeah, whole year? Yeah. like it, He had three so, three goals the whole year. How yeah. do you go? That's even Bill McCulloch-esque. How do you go an entire <laughs> season without an even strength goal? Yeah. Yeah, no, and I was cheering for him last year not to get one, just yeah. so I could keep ramming him. <laughs> just keep ramming how bad he is. Yeah, and and so he obviously heard the noise, and he could, yeah. you could either use it to improve or yeah. crumble, and he used it to improve. And yeah. uh, he's playing like you said with purpose. Um, and and th like that speed helps. Um, we needed speed in the lineup to kind of get mm -hmm. to pucks and that. Mm -hmm. um, be the first guy. Uh, a little we, little we action. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know that's never going to change now. Um, you don't and, need to, Justin. So, <laughs> and so, so it's it's good. Um, now he just has to be consistent. I mean, consistency has been um, something he's lacked, obviously, in the league. And it's hard to be consistent in this league. It's a good league. Um, yeah. So if he can, if he can kind of do that day in and day out, uh, it makes Ottawa a much better team. It makes us more of a makes them more of a threat um, and and a deeper lineup. Yeah, and I agree. And, and this is also where I'm always so careful. And again, I don't watch it from a coach's standpoint. And I even still, you know, 30 plus years into the league, I think I still have a lot to learn when it comes to that. I watch individuals. One of the things is the dump and chase. And I know it's frustrating for Ottawa Senators fans, but I'll ask, also ask you or anybody out there, without the speed on the line, and we saw this with Ridley Gregg and we saw it with Joseph in Kerry and Tarasenko around. Now, I'll get to Tarasenko a little bit later because he's playing great hockey. Yeah. But the formula right now, okay, I have that line. But unfortunately, with Brady Kachuk, and I don't know if he's banged up a little bit, and then with Norris finding his way and Drake Batherson basically taking a bath every game, how in God's name do you expect them to come through the neutral zone, enter with speed when Brady needs somebody to set the table, if you agree? Uh, Norris is finding his way. And if Drake Batherson could play any softer hockey and be less soft on the puck and turnovers and everything else that he's doing right now, I, I don't understand what fans would want. Do you think that that line coming through the neutral zone is going to survive and no, go into the offensive zone without dumping and chasing? No, Not a chance. hundred percent. And, and, and I'm okay with dumps. Like as long as you're doing it with a purpose, um, placing yeah. it in the right areas, just to dump it, to dump it and the goalie, pick no. it up and pass it. That, the that dump by Drew, by Drew last night that Joseph yeah. got in on. 100%. So you have to do it with a purpose. And that's back to playing smart, right? Um, that we continue to talk about. So that is something that I thought improved. Uh, and I include that on the four check whenever I mentioned that earlier. But it's everything was just a little more thought process in what they're doing. Now that that, that line with Batherson, I mean, uh, he's to the point that you're almost gonna have to sit him down for for a, a game. Um, it, it, it is it is if they weren't so injured, and if they had Pinto, you, yeah. it might be easier to swallow. But um, you need to shake him up and, and sitting him down for a period. I don't know at this point if that's going to do it. Um, and, and I say that when I was a massive, massive fan of Drake Batherson, I, especially at that contract, I said, what a contract. Um, and, and what and a just, pick, what a pick. And, and it's like, what, what has happened here? Um, and it's, it's like his, he's lost his, he's like the scarecrow with no brain, you know, like it just, he's <laughs> lost it. Right. Um, and yeah. <laughs> and we, he needs to sit down, I think, here um, at some point. And it's harder on a back-to-back. -back, but uh, if he's not going again here, uh, it might be a Saturday sit down and, and, and tell him he needs to get going. Yeah, it might be a little Popeye spinach because here's yeah. a couple of things. And, and I have seen, and this has been any athlete, uh, there are certainly situations where I've seen guys dominant with the puck. One of the things when I had uh, Michael Nylander, old Willie Mann's dad, 
if you watch him practice, you watch him with the puck, he went a million miles an hour. He was incredible. Now, away from the puck and everything else that happened, there are times, in Justin, with young players, you actually have to show them that they don't even realize, first of all, they're not moving their feet. Secondly, they're tracking the puck. They're watching the game and everything else. But this is the problem I have with Batherson. This goes back to last year where there were shifts and the same excuse happened. And it basically happened until the season was over. And what ended up changing? What ended up happening? Well, first of all, last year, the Ottawa centers had nothing. This year, they do have an option. And his name is Mr. Tarasenko. Last year, when Matthew Joseph went out, they were a six-player hockey team. There were no other options. Batherson was god-awful. Now we heard the excuse about the high ankle sprain, the carryover, everything else. Well, you've carted back this year, and first of all, you're better off. There are options, and that option, of course, now they switched it around to try to help him a little bit, yeah. ends up being Tarasenko. And now I say, and I, again, I know it's a little bit taboo to talk about, I always, in the back of my mind, when I watch Drake Batherson, it just feels like his head is on another planet. Yeah. And I always keep going back to and I'm not going to speculate on the Hockey Canada thing, and I'm not trying to stir things up. But he quite simply looks like a guy that is flat out checked out of the hotel. And there is no reason, based on what he was a couple of years ago, and I'll say physically it's not natural for him, but the rest of thinking of the game. The guy has an incredibly high hockey IQ. He's very talented. And you just wonder, yeah, is it sitting? Is it sitting down watching tape? Or, and again, I won't even speculate about that, but I'll say with any athlete, what the hell is maybe going on with the fella? Because again, we, you know, you're in your prime. The team is good. We should see a much better Drake Batherson. And as you said, does it take a little tough yeah. love? And I'm not talking about sitting on the bench like he did last night. No. I'm thinking at this point, this is a nice opportunity here for a reset, an no. opportunity, go enjoy a couple of Shane show, sit up in the press box there, be embarrassed a little bit, but at the same time, sit down and watch some tape. There was a sequence in, in the uh, Sens goal area, crease area yesterday, yeah. where he literally tracked back to the play. And I thought to myself, man, if you were a curler and you had a broom, you would be in a perfect position right now to sweep the ice. Beyond that, if all of a sudden something happened on that play, I don't know what you're going to do because somebody's yeah. going to come behind you and score or somebody in front of you is going to score, but you ain't doing nothing just watching the scrum in front of the net. I don't know if you remember that sequence. Yep, no, 100%. Uh, it's, 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 it's very strange, very strange to me um, because I, I think he's obviously comes from a good family. Oh, His dad was a pro yeah. hockey player. You think yeah. it just all these things would be clicking. So maybe there's something else going on in his life right now um yeah. that we're not privy to but uh something needs to change here um yeah. and and just take a lead from Claude Giroux maybe here you know these guys yeah. stepping up and just just yeah. force it force it force it till it becomes uh natural again maybe but it, it, think, exactly yeah. that and and how much fun was it because i also say this as you try to identify different players uh, Timmy Stutzel is not a Gretzky or a Crosby or McDavid where he takes the puck and he plays with purpose in the sense of that to me, he's more of an ad libber to me. He's one of those guys. that's a great athlete, get out and skate. And the sequence that we saw last night with Claude Drew and Joseph, it allows him just to rely on his instincts to get out, to make plays, to force things, to make it happen where just athletically when he's not all the other stuff, and it just felt like that really clicked and got better and better. But I think if you're a Sens fan, Justin, you're watching that last night. That's an exciting point of yeah. that was a lot more of what we yeah. saw last year, where I could say not all the falling down, not all the whining, not all the yeah. broken plays. There was a sequence yeah. there that was just absolutely gorgeous to watch between that trio. Yeah, I think I think I think uh, that line was obviously really good. Um, and, and that probably started with G and and then yeah. they get going. Um, I think I think. Timmy is a is a real good player, massive fan, and I think it, yeah. he's just going to continue to get better. But those games just give you a glimpse of uh, what it, it could be consistently. And I th I think by the end of the year here, uh, I think we'll be happy with his year. I, I expect from him. Oh gosh, yeah. And, yeah. and for any of these players, it is the next level, and I'm sure you've been a part of it. Here's the phases as building a hockey team you have, and you can go back to the Ottawa Center team who are great. You want to build a nucleus, and you're excited. You move along. Then you want to be a competitive hockey team. Then you want to get into the playoffs, and then you get into the playoffs. That's when you start shitting on your players and be like, man, we won all this way. And you actually do figure out who's built for the playoffs. Yeah. Now, that, that, that decision or message of, and I look at Ottawa kind of down in the middle. Are they big enough to do that in the playoffs we can have that down the road but as far as Timmy Stutza I agree it's just nice to see him comfortable uh, nice to see him playing and when you switch things around a little bit as far as a line what would you like to see from that Norris line or what have you I guess you've well, seen out of Josh Norris since he's come back and I think we also have to realize after missing a whole year here yeah. just to be a little bit patient 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be patient on him. Um, if, if the other lines are playing well, it gives him some time to be patient as well. Um, so I think just get up to speed. Obviously he can shoot the puck. I, I think, I think, um, Obviously, maybe getting Tarasenko up on that line um, for a whole game would be interesting to see, especially, I mean, people have pointed out Tarasenko's playmaking ability these days. Oh. It, the, the thing, too, is, I mean, yes, they both are more shooters, but when you, when you are a shooter, other lanes open up. So if you're smart enough mm-hmm. to capitalize on that, um, good things will happen. So um, it would be interesting to see Tarasenko, too. You know, he's... He has that know-how to play the game um, below the dots mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, a strong Russian. So um, I, I would be interested. To, oh, that, that'd be the change I make today on the forward line. Yeah, and we'll see after having a victory whether they do that. We saw Bathurst yeah. a little bit. Here's a few things on Tarasenko. And I was very being very sincere. Uh, I don't like to be a shock jock, but when I have a strong opinion, I go with it. I swore after watching this guy in training camp, I was like, oh, my God, scouting reports yeah. I had, it looked terrible. The wheels were off, not winning any puck battles. I thought to myself, you got to be kidding here, $5 million. Well, the season starts, and it reminds me of Bobby Ryan because I was at some games, and I was hard on Bobby Ryan, and he would score, and then people would give me the nudge. And I also got to the point where when Bobby would have the puck, I was hoping it wouldn't go in just so I wouldn't end up getting crapped on by people. With Tarasenko, I fell on my sword. I, I've done everything you need to do on social media. Now I can become a fan. And here's my thoughts, Justin. First of all, in watching him, he got better as the season started, which I was a bit surprised, but we've seen it before. What I also thought was maybe the 10 game mark. Now, last game, last night being game 11, I thought the wheels might come off a little bit because I did wonder about some of the things you watched that game last night, and that fellow was jumping. He yeah. was jumping as far as his skating. He had that first step going that I haven't seen. He's not great defensively. He's not super strong on the puck. But here's the other thing about him, and this is a bit of watching Debrinket last year. I thought Debrinket, you know what, mean goal score. Well, we saw in the half wall in the power play, his ability to make plays. That Tarasenko might be the best passer on the Ottawa Senators right now, and I didn't know that. And yeah. you watch that sequence yesterday, and you see that that pass that he ended up making to Yarvente right through the seam. How many times have we seen yeah. down low on the power play? Yeah, no, this isn't about a shooter. And when you look at Josh Norris and Brady, oh, my God, that move would be so obvious right now. And I know he's not great defensively, but let's be honest. Drake Batherson is terrible defensively. Mm-hmm. Stutzler, sorry, Norris is okay. Brady Kachuk's not great either. It's at home. You've got some of the right matchups here. That Tarasenko thing was so obvious. I, I thought for sure he was going to score last night, but I have yeah. been so impressed. He's got those strong hands. He's got he the is. ability to read the ice. And when he makes a pass, he makes it hard. He yeah, makes it soft. He makes it on the tape. Oh, he's my a, God, is it ever good. So, yeah, that, that to me would be an absolute yeah. obvious to give him the bump yeah. and give him yeah. a little look, especially at home against Vancouver. Yeah, and I, I think I think when you played in the league that long, um, you kind of know your body and stuff too, and on how you're going to get going. So we might not have um, seen how he's done training camps in the past. So yeah, I think sure. he, you know he's a pro. He's also on a one year contract, and uh, you could say what you want, but when guys are on a one year contract, I, I think you're going to get the best out of them no matter what. Um, he you know, and he wanted a longer term deal, and he didn't get it. So he's got something to prove, and when guys got something to prove. Um, it makes a big difference. Yeah, and another player that I feel like is, again, a bit of that minute situation where you get out, you don't have to think physically. And again, when you get up in high minutes, especially on the back end, there's going to be some mistakes. But when I look at the stability of a Jake Chikrin, uh, over yeah. 30 minutes last night, an absolute horse, again, defensively uh, smart, has the instincts. And one of the things I watch from a reading standpoint, and this is even the difference from Thomas Shabbat, Sanderson has it to some extent, but I've been so impressed with, since he's come here to Ottawa, his ability to read the slot area and that beautiful read yeah. he made yesterday, Joseph over to, uh, to Stutzla, up to him. How impressive that been and, and how much has it meant having him uh, with Shabbat out and just in supporting on that left side of the young Jake Sanderson? Yeah, I, I mean, we can talk about offensive defensemen all day. Um, you know, they, they're the ones that get the attention, but the stable guys that can just log minutes, do the, play the right way, move the puck up to the forwards, jump in whenever it, they need to, but not that's not their entire game. I think th- those guys help you win so much, and, and they're yeah. almost forgotten in a, in a game where there are so many good offensive defensemen. Uh, and just to play, he's almost like playing out of a rocking chair. You know, he can log those minutes. Sanderson, I think, can log minutes too, but he's a little more active in, in the way he yeah. plays. Um, and so he, he's probably not going to conserve as much energy. And playing 30 minutes, you're not going to have him uh, be his best. But with Chikorin, 
I mean, that's that's a coach's dream right there, right? And and he can just make make things easy on the guys um, there and, and kind of, all right, we, we know he's back there. Just be stable, settle everyone down and and, and play those tougher minutes uh, when when your decor probably isn't at its best right now. Yeah, and, and I looked at it going into last night, and I think even around the lineup. I know Zub, I believe, ended up going on the trip or maybe didn't end up playing. Yeah. But there can be the buildup and the excitement. Well, all of a sudden, he is back out. You've got Hamannick sliding up. You've got some other options. There are things happening. And I think on Jake Sanderson, yeah, quite simply, not that he's the biggest guy in the world anyway, he hasn't reached his physical maturity. So you no. start to look at some of the slotting. You see what's going on. Um, thoughts on what Bernard Docker has done so far. Yeah, uh, I'm I mean, not a mag- I'm not a mega fan. Uh, they do yeah. get a victory on the road, but at least he's trying to log in some top four minutes at this point. No, hundred uh, percent. Obviously, we've we've kind of been a little sour on him here. Just not uh, really. You're just not sure what he is, what he's going to yeah. bring as a dimension to your team right now. That said, it was a good game for him. So let's see if he can continue that. This this sport is consistency day in and day out. If you can bring that. Um, I know we talked about Mantapalo last night. He wasn't as good, but how how do you be good with five minutes? Oh yeah, ice, you know. So or or um, or account or accountability when you're the one that makes a mistake when there's mistakes all the time. It's always yeah. funny with coaches, right? Yeah. Next thing yeah. you know, you're sitting. He gets caught flat footed. I thought Clevin at times has looked super nervous, but you found a way. And if you're going to find a way, yeah. uh, let's go back to with the way the game ended up starting. And Willie yeah. Nylander, and we've watched Corpusalo, million dollar legs. Don't know what to make of the old catching yeah. myth. No, that goal goes that. in. That goal goes in, and I'm like, my God. But he comes back. He ends up having the real nice save on Matthews. Just one of those 10 bellers. Outstanding. Later on, Nylander in the glove. Uh, ends up, was it Robertson or was it Nice that got in on the breakaway? Made yep. a real nice save. Uh, yep. Some real credit there in a pressure situation from a veteran goaltender to be able to keep it close. And at the other end, you saw the defense. But at the same time, uh, Mr. Wall looks super nervous. But we should give some real credit here to Corpusalo and going in on the road and playing well and being able to deliver in a tight hockey game. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the guys we we questioned had good games, and Corpusala was one of them. So it it just it makes a difference getting those saves, and it also makes a difference, you know, for him getting those goals, feeling comfortable, um, and and knowing, hey, if I can make a save here or two, we probably win the game. So um, he stepped up and did that. Um, I assume go Forsberg tonight, but uh, you got to like where Corpus is headed. Um, why why do you go with Forsberg tonight? Well, I, I don't I, know. I, I don't I don't know what's happening in the I NHL. Would. No, I'm no, I know. That, I, I, but yeah, that's yeah. that's the sport now. Uh, yeah. Um, but but to me, there's something, you know, and you see it in the MLB, like all these pitching changes. Like, if a guy's hot, a guy's hot. So why not ride the hot wave when you need saves and when you need to win games? I definitely agree with that, especially early on in the year. If a guy can't play back to back, I mean, uh, personally, it's like. What what is going on, right? But yeah, um, no, and I know it's changed, Justin, and I respect it. And you go back to kind of, hey, that's what backup goaltenders are for. I'll tell you, most goaltenders, first of all, when you have a good night and you come back. Now, as you said, maybe the mentality's changed. God was so guard, they were afraid to play him in back to back. Afraid, sorry, because he would get hurt. And you're like, okay, yeah. Gustafson felt kind of the same way. I understand that, but it's early in the season. You haven't played a lot now cautionary tale, and I haven't gone through the injuries. If you go historically between these two, uh, Corpusalo's only played 39 games is the most that he's played in the season. Actually, Forsberg played 41, so I'm like, yeah. wow, that's not a whole lot. But having felt that, it wasn't a crazy workload yesterday. I don't understand it. You got a tough team, and to be quite honest with you, Forsberg hasn't shown me anything to be overly mm-hmm. confident in, in the sense of, okay, it's great we beat Toronto, but we're yeah. talking a whole different ball game if you go out and beat the uh, one of the best teams in the National yeah. Hockey League tonight in Vancouver. So why not ride back with Corpusalo? I agree. I agree. Um, because the rest of the league does it doesn't mean you have yeah. to. No. And just to touch on uh, Soberg, uh, he, you know he's playing really well in the AHL. I think for him to go back to back as a as a massive man that's super weak. I mean, it, yes, I understand that. But yeah. this guy Corpusalo has been in the league. He hasn't played many games in a year let's say but he should be conditioned he should be ready he should be able to do that um that's your guy that you went with long term so um when you need games to win he needs to step up and and do that whether they allow him to do that or not uh i don't know but i guess we'll see um later on but yeah uh, and, and also, I watch a lot of other games like you watch, but to me, the test is and kind of the eye test. And I love my Saturday nights when I used to work for old TSN and I'd work the games live. 
I really enjoyed being in person. What I also enjoyed in watching games, and I try to for the most part, is when I've watched Ottawa enough, which right now I'm in a bit of the phase where I'm trying to, you know, judge everybody on Ottawa, trying to critique them, all the pressure going in. But we've seen Tampa twice. We've seen Toronto yesterday. I don't want to put too much in his first 10 games of the season, but a couple of things here. First of all, the salary cap is absolutely working over the years because Tampa's still good. Now, Vasilevsky's out, but you look at the depth, you look at guys getting older, and quite simply, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm not going to say too much about my good friend Jimmy Montgomery and the incredible job he's done in Boston. I know defensively, and we'll see where it goes. But right now, I'll give Boston the division. I look at the rest of this, Justin, and this is where I think as a Sens fan, you start to get a little bit worked up. I haven't seen Tampa Bay to say enough that Ottawa, when healthy and playing properly, can't play beat them. I haven't seen anything out of Toronto. I haven't seen from Detroit. We'll see Florida roll through. We'll see Buffalo. And we've seen Buffalo. But I'm not looking at this. I I think this division, I'll even say from a Boston perspective, whether it's chasing them down in the standings or playing them in the playoffs, this thing has never been more wide open. And the system is working. The teams that have rebuilt that are merging up and the other big boys from last year, we'll say the big three, are starting to come down. There's no way that the Boston Bruins are as good a team as last year. And certainly, from what I'm seeing out of Toronto and Tampa Bay, the gap has closed big time, if not equal. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. Um, Florida's one team I'm interested to see um, if they get going here. Like, yeah. they, they're 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. So that's one team that I think will mm-hmm. will continue. I mean, Ekblad's hurt and, the, and some injuries, but... Um, but the, the rest of it between Florida and Boston, I think it's, it is wide open and a couple of wins here. I mean, Ottawa has some game in games in hand, um, with a lot of the teams in their actual division with a couple of wins here, they're right back in, into it. And, uh, and then if they win those games they are feeling good too. So, um, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's definitely possible. Um, it's funny, you know, come a long way since Monday where we're kind of oh, bashing no. them, you know, no, and, no. and I guess that's yeah. the nature of the business, but, yeah. but, um, but it, it, it was true. It was that this was a game they needed to win. Um, and, and they did. So, so now things are looking up and, and it's just to carry on on top of that and just kind of build and build and build and, uh, and hope, uh, hope things turn out. Yeah, and the bashing on my side, again, this is frustration, is that you look at this. Now, I think part of the fan base yesterday is like, oh, great, now they won DJ Smith to stay in, whatever ends up (laughs) happening. I also don't want them to go lower than whale shit to the point where nobody has any interest. That becomes a real problem in our industry and overall, so kind of keeping it moving along. But, yeah, you go through the division, you start to look at some of these other hockey teams, and then you say to yourself, and this is always the glass half full, and it is tough. Then you, then you wake up this morning, you're like, well, imagine if Shabbat's back in and Zub is back in. Oh, my God, we got 30 more games, and all of a sudden Shane Pinto's in, and then you end up with Ridley Greg. You're never going to be healthy, but you do have no. to realistically say to yourself, no. just like like I'm watching through and I'm watching Toronto, and I'm, and sometimes trying to identify, and I'm like, is that Domi? Like, my God, he looks tiny. Yeah. I don't know what the hell to make of this Bertuzzi here. Talk about a freelancer. Nice, we touched on. It's absolutely love him. But again, yeah. you start to check through it. And this is where realistically teams on paper and teams in the summer, and I'm, I don't say guilty, but I think everybody, you'll throw something up and I don't know how often, and I'll go to Vegas. I'll go to Vegas winning the cup. And you talk about coaching, you talk about having the proper lineup, all the things. When I put that Vegas lineup on the board, I'm not looking at it like, oh my God, those are the 90s Detroit Red Wings. Like, oh my God, there's no, no way we're going to touch the puck or beat them. No. You look at these teams now around the National Hockey League, you realize And now Vegas is different, but I'll say Colorado. Yeah, they've got their star power. Then as you start to go down a couple of injuries, some weakness, they had their questions in goal. Point being in this 32-team league we touched on yesterday, the Ottawa Senators as a core and when playing properly and well-coached and getting some goaltending are right there with, I'd say, the top half of the National Hockey League. Oh, I agree. And and what the good thing, I mean, if you try and take the good thing from injuries or other guys have to step up during that time, if you can kind of tread water, get some wins there, and then you yeah. get guys back, then it's like, wow, okay, we have a team here. You know, Joseph's playing better. He had to step up. Uh, let's say Bernard Docker's improving a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Chickering's playing big minutes. It's just now you're like, okay, wow, we can yeah. we can really make do something here. And you got to think other teams are going to get those injuries down the road as well. So yeah. um, so if, if, we, if they come out of it here um, with a couple more wins, do well in Sweden and then get back to closer to a fuller team. Um, I mean, who knows what can happen, but it, 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 they would be going in the right direction that way. 
Yeah, and, and the real key, and, and I say this in the summertime, but I say overall, to me, if you're going to function in the National Hockey League now, you need a top nine. I need a nine that can basically yeah. say, hey, this is my group, interchangeable parts, but I have a fourth line that plays with a purpose. And I don't mind right now, if you've got Kelly, Sharche, and McEwen skating around doing their thing, yeah. I don't think they're going to hurt you. I don't think you end up missing no. Castle at the end of the day. The issue has, or you have, none of those guys can move up into your top nine. Now, what yeah. you're also being bought when you have a situation like this is your Vente comes in and not only does he feel like a placeholder, he's on a threshold of having enough talent where he can actually get some experience, upgrade you in other spots. And to me, like that was him. a threat. Exactly. That was a threshold. You know, remember he's only 21 years old too. Yeah. That was a threshold last year. It was the top line. It was kind of a, a fun on paper second line. And then it was a bunch of dog shit on the rest of the group. Now the, the, the mark has to be from an auto perspective, Keep that top nine good enough. Kubalik playing a little bit better, but certainly better than what you had last year. Your Venti slid in. Now you're buying time till Greg comes back, till Pinto comes back, some other things happen. And to me, that's the nice part is you start to shift around the yeah. furniture. Don't just fo focus on a top six. Look at the top nine. Look yeah. at the way Tarasenko's playing right now. Kubalik, a little bit of luck, but starting to find his way. And then, as you said, from your Vente standpoint, a bigger body that's going there. So to me, yeah. that's what bodes well. And that's what Ottawa yeah. has, you know, has done in the past. They've been able to bring guys in that actually have a future. And I'll say this from watching hockey or even scouting it. One of the things I hate, and I'm not taking away from McEwen and Kelly and Charche. And Charche actually fits a pretty good role. But they're neither here nor there. They're totally replaceable parts with almost anybody in the American Hockey League. What's yeah. sexy and what gets you excited is watching a top nine like Ottawa right now and how far they can end up going as a group. Yeah, no, it, they they can roll them, especially whenever they're going to be healthy. It's it's going to be I, I, they're they're a top ten forward group for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And and now on the fourth line, would I like Charche to maybe have a an experienced penalty killer center faceoff winner, hundred percent? But yeah, uh, you you can't have it all, right? So. Um, especially in the salary yeah, cap era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so it is what it is and, and credit to him for playing well as he can. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, those guys need to step up and, and, and you hope, you know, you make those depth signings for the AHL and, and you're going to need them at some point. Um, and you just hope when you do that, that someone could fill those gaps and, and, and they have done a nice job. So, I mean, they're, they're not hurting you out there. Um, I don't, I'd rather them not be playing on the, the third line. Um, but it is what it is. Um, uh, Jarventi, there's a bigger guy, baby face kid that, uh, we, I know I talk about it all the time, but it's true. Getting stronger is everything. And, um, he has ability. Uh, he has the hockey sense. I think he's going to be a good player for the team at some point. Um, he just needs to continue on his path, um, and, and getting stronger, getting more experience. And there's, there's shifts that you see, you see it in it. So, so that tells me that that, once that becomes more consistent, he can be a good player. Um, yeah, and, and you always want to have a good Finn on your team, right? Well, exactly. You need a Finn to win. And also, yeah. to him, I, I don't know what he is yet. I, I don't really, other than identifying he's a big yeah. body, he's young. I love the fact that he brought him over a little bit earlier. I think some people in the fan base, and we had some fun old Schmankel, or Schmeckel, whatever his name is, yeah. is supposed to go home. I think as a bigger body, I'd give him a look. But you go yeah. last year. One of the things for the Ottawa Senators that was pretty shocking, and I do agree, what's a penalty kill? Well, basically, it's 80% your goaltender. I'll say yeah. another 15% are your defensemen. Then it comes into strategy. But as far as forwards last year, Austin Watson, they had one of the better penalty kills. And yeah. he's being out there. He's out with Kelly. He's out with some other players. Now, would I prefer Formanton, Paul Brown, some of the other pieces? <laughs> because the layer that goes next when you talk about the penalty kill, which is nice, it's nice to kill penalties. It's nice to have a real good penalty kill. It's also nice when they're a threat. Those are the penalty kills that yeah. go to the next level. When that person yeah. that can force a turnover can make a play, that's what makes the defense or the yeah. offense nervous. So and that, they're not going that's to be where to speed that. comes into play. You know, exactly. I, I, I think the game's gotten faster, but there's still room for those those high end hockey sense guys that don't maybe skate as well. You know, like yeah. Mark Stones, whatever Taylor Radish kind of thing. Um, that said, on the penalty kill, you you need that one one guy to have that speed dimension to kind of force yeah. those turnovers, you know? Um, and, and, and they kept touching yesterday just about how important the face-offs are. I mean, yeah, there is and, nothing more important than starting with the puck when you're killing a penalty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. that's an easy 20 to 30 seconds. And, and Sharche, the thing from training camp and watching them, 
Uh, I've been impressed with the way he tracks. Most times yep. that these guys come up, they're not able to track the play. There's some speed in open ice. There's speed in a straight line. He is actually able to do a pretty good job. So you don't have to focus too much on that and look at that. Uh, also, just thoughts on, I wanted to just touch on, because first of all, he looked super nervous last night, but I also understand the parry and the situation he's playing. What do you thought of Tyler, Tyler Clevin so far Tyler, in the Ottawa lineup? There, there's a guy that... <sighs> He's, I, I like, I like him a lot. He's going to be, that's, that's what you need as defenseman uh, on your, you know, second, third pair um, mm-hmm. to win big games. Those guys that sp- eat space are hard, heavy to play against. That said, he's not where he's going to be at physically yet. Um, so, so it, it's a little tougher. He's going to have some games where it's just not going to go his way, but, but that doesn't mean he's not going to get to the spot uh, down the road where he is. He's a, he's going to be a top four defenseman. I, I think. Um, yeah. And, and he just needs a little bit, a little bit more coaching, a little bit more coaching, a little more bit fine tuning. I don't love going down on the backhand on a two on one. Um, I think, I think there's better ways to play that, um, but he'll learn, he'll yeah. learn. Um, yeah. and I'm not worried about him long-term. I definitely, ideally you're good enough that he can go, be, go log big minutes down, yeah. down in the AHL and work yeah. out, uh, on those off days in between and just get stronger. And I think he comes back next year as a, as a full-time NHLer that is not hurting you. I, I agree. And, and it's uh, to me, it's normal. A few things here. And I loved what they used to do with, you know, you, you have the compliment, the fortune of having Nick Lidstrom. I love the Detroit Red Wings back in the day when they would bring in a five, six and they brought in older players like Chelios and that never played them together. I've never really understood the analogy of Tyler Clevin trying to find his way. And you've got a borderline player in Montepalo there or Hamannick, who is basically on the back nine. Okay. So you put him into that situation. That's not great to start with versus a different rotation. And we saw that yesterday, which I think helped where it ended up being they shortened the bench. Tyler Clevin, here's a couple of things. He's on his heels right now. He's not on his toes. He's not backing people off. He's in no man's land an awful lot, but that's not a big deal. That's not one of those situations I have. Look, I'm getting a phone call right now. I don't think I'll end up taking that, but if you can hear that noise, that's what's coming in. Um, he needs to, first of all, be a little more aggressive, but as you said, that's nothing more than experience. It's getting comfort, but the part, and this is the interesting part, and I saw it with Mike Commodore, which was different, but for people, and I'll go back in the way back machine, they don't even know him, had a player by the name of Ken Klee back in the day, he was at Bowling Green, yeah, yeah. came in, and Kenny was an absolute force in college. He rammed everybody, different time, different era. The cage came off. All of a sudden, Kenny, who is not an aggressive guy, if he's going to lay people out like that, he's going to have to drop the gloves every time. I saw where Clevin had a fight in the American Hockey League, and I'm not saying he can. I'm not saying he can't. I don't see a mean player, and it's early. And I'm not saying that he's not going to be hard to play against. But to me, this yeah. is still always a question mark. When you come out of college and you're playing against 16 and 17-year-olds and you're just ramming them and you're just absolutely lining up an absolute yeah. car crash, when you got the mask on, that's fine. Now, are you able to go to the next level? And even from a standpoint of Toronto, we laugh at a guy like Reeves. Are you able to go lay out Austin Matthews right now? And then all of a sudden, next shift you have Reeves breathing down your neck. So to me, that's a bit of the wait and see, Justin. And yeah. to me, I'll say, I'll give him the credit, benefit of the doubt right now is I feel like he is more finding his way. And the other part about making a big hit, you got to run around and you know how fast the game is. The last thing he's thinking about right now is trying to run around. He's just trying to play safe and survive in the National Hockey League. Yeah, yeah no, and, and that's fair. That said, how many guys his age his size are playing in the nhl right um you you it's it's hard when you don't have the core strength i mean he's 21 years old six foot four probably bigger now um so so i do i agree now yes but i i I think as you get stronger it it changes your whole makeup of your game you know once you like are are a little heavier you can lean on guys you go oh okay i can do this now instead of i'm losing puck i'm losing physical battles because i'm weak in the core my legs aren't as big as uh, and as strong as they should be um, just because of my, my age, as he gets old man strength, he's just yeah. gonna, I think, I think he might not be a killer, but that doesn't mean no. he's not hard to play against as in taking up lots of space, um, being hard to get around, you know, clearing the front of the net um, and, and, and physical in the corners. Right. So um, yeah, he might yeah. not be a killer, but I, I, I definitely see him, being a harder guy to play against in terms of uh, positioning, body, and size. 
Yeah, uh, Dave's a killer. Dave's a mess. I look at the modern day player. You'd hope he turned into a guy like Truba. And what's also yeah. real nice yeah. now is that, yeah, times have changed. Now, yeah. big hits, but just overall, your physicality. And the real nice part for Tyler Clevin is that you get this guy into a playoff series. And there are a bunch of guys on Vegas that aren't tough, that don't want to fight, get everybody all upset. But it's just like, whatever. It's the playoffs. I'm going to do whatever I want. There's no doubt that he'll be helped by that, uh, you know, and, and that type of player. And as I, I said to you, he would be, you know, I, I again, I always go back to these way bookaboom with, with Leach, any pairing that you want. He'll be yeah. a real nice compliment to a top four guy. If they ever have a right-handed shot, wanted to switch Sanderson over, maybe even compliment Thomas Shabbat at some point, whatever you yeah. end up seeing it. But no, as I said, I, a, I a real bright future and another uh, great pick. You did a lot of scouting and a little shout out to Brad Berry. Uh, what a great program that's been. Uh, yeah. And when you look at even JBD playing, I mean, my God, having Pinto, having Sanderson, having Clevin, having JBD all turn out and basically outside of Pinto being suspended, suspended yeah. pretty, I guess, old jo Johnny Tycon. Were you around when old Johnny got drafted? Yeah. You know what? I, I saw Johnny Tyconic. Yeah. And he played better than Bernard Docker um, in the top prospects game for tier two. So when okay. they do the top prospects game for the CHL, they yeah. do the tier two one the night before. So that, okay. I watched that in Toronto. Um, and, and he was, I mean, he could handle the puck. Um, I think, I think you, you could get a little caught up in that new age defenseman at the time when I was scouting that, you know, smaller handle the puck really good like that. But, um, yeah, he didn't necessarily have a pro body or pro mind. Maybe I <laughs> yeah. can say, yeah. Hot sauce. Yeah. It was his nickname. Yeah. He, he oh, was no, good. yeah. Yeah, those yeah. and and and, and a great happens. program like UND. I yeah. mean, that's the part when you hear about it. It's like, hey, that's a mini National Hockey League. The way they train, well, the way the mentality. Like you, you get weeded out of a system like that before you even turn yeah. pro. Yeah, exactly. And we talked about that. I think yesterday about the London Knights and and yeah. you know sometimes you you want to take a guy just because where he's going. If two guys are the same, why wouldn't you? Um, and and that's a program that is producing players. Um, I, I, Michigan's seems to be taking over a lot as well here now um, in the last two years or so. But yeah, it's um, when you, when you put guys in higher pressure, good programs, um, I think that only makes you better for the future. Yeah. And also to Michigan, I, I find those, and again, they're almost getting the blue chippers. They're getting like the yeah, fab five yeah. in basketball. Those guys are going to make it regardless. Now, yeah. Jake Sanderson, they went to their homer for sure, but Pinto wasn't exactly a highly heralded player. That is no. also, yeah. whereas you said a second round pick, he goes, he Great develops pitch. Bernard Docker. Yeah. The, the development portion. Now, uh, we're about to 1250 and this is almost like when you do your scoreboard and you're talking about last night and then you go to go on your score app and you switch around, then you realize, okay, we actually have to talk about tonight. Yeah, tonight. Now let's yeah. talk about tonight. Cause it's all the gloating. The chest is out. Like I said, you had that great sex last night. You're feeling pretty good. Can you follow up with the same routine? Feel yeah, just as good about it. Well, here. yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, and you look at a team coming in tonight that would you agree, I would say, has been the surprise of the National Hockey yeah, League, and that is the Vancouver Canucks, who were in Ottawa, probably just a party, and you know the way they like yeah. to out in Canada, yeah. but they were sitting watching last Crazy night. Was, how pleasant, uh, how, face, right? Exactly. <laughs> how pleasant of a surprise <laughs> have they been, Justin? There. They were there. Yeah, Vancouver. Exactly. I mean, Vancouver, listen, I, I, I massive Elias Patterson fan since the days came into the league, um, so yeah. I, I've always watched them a little more um, than maybe other teams. Um, because he's a great watch. This coach has done an, a fantastic job this year. Um, accountability. I mean, he scored a couple, he had a couple points the other night and, and he brought up the turnovers and just to, you know, keep them from getting too high, which I like. Um, and, and they're, they're playing puck possession. They're, they're dancing around the offensive zone. The guys are always open. They're creating lanes. They're, it's, it's how to play hockey, I think. Um, whether they'll be able to be consistent about this, I'm not sure. Their their back end is a little wonky after Hughes, but even mm -hmm. Myers has been playing well this year, who I'm not a massive fan of. Um, and and their goalie, their goalie's been playing well, and and that might be because the team's playing well as well. But it all goes together, and uh, it's it's going to be anyone going to the game tonight is going to have fun watching uh, watching them play. Um, from Elias Pettersson to Quinn Hughes to right throughout the lineup. Um, and just, just their team game is, uh, is, is very nice looking to watch.
Yeah, and what is also really nice from a business perspective, this was, and there are very few, Buffalo is the one in the United States, Vancouver the one in Canada, the temperament of that market and how sideways they go when things are bad. I thought they were going to burn down the city again. Well, all of a sudden, and you had the whole Bruce situation, Rick Tockett, good Sault Ste. Marie alumni, great yeah. guy. I could tell my story about Shea Perea later in the show. I'll tell it mm. actually right now. Yeah, one of my great greatest moments, and I was out scouting. And when I started scouting, I was only about 25 years old. So I was out with Byron Defoe, uh, uh, Sean O'Donnell, uh, John <laughs> Druce, a bunch of guys that played in L.A. And, you know, I'm, I'm right there. And I'm not trying to pretend to be, be a player. I think Jamie yeah. Storr was there. So we're at the Shea Paris. We're sitting around. I'm just hanging around. This is kind of cool. You know, I'm right in the same age, young scout, uh, obviously prospect, crash and burn. We're just sitting there enjoying a few dances, hanging out, you know, and of course I'm not making a whole lot of money. So you're just on the side there. I'm not getting any dances or anything, but I'm certainly enjoying the free drinks. We're sitting there and all of a sudden the G-man walks in with Rick Tockett. And anybody that understands Wayne Gretzky, he's always got a wingman with him. He's always got somebody, you know, just kind of a bit of a buffer. I think he likes the Ryan Coke. If he wants to have a little bit of fun, that's all right. Well, the G-man rolls in and he sits down and, and you're just like, you know, you're kind of looking and I couldn't believe, and I know a couple of the girls ended up coming over and complaining because nobody in the, the you know, these poor, the, the, they're professionals, right? I think yeah. you have to appreciate they're professionals. Yeah. They're, they're trying to, to give a, they're trying to give a solid lap dance. And there you are. Like, could you imagine how hard that would be as a girl? And we'll just pretend the girls in front of me giving the dance right now. You know, all of the men are doing like this, Justin. They're all looking over at the G-man. Yeah. Like, how do you feel as, first of all, a dancer, but the whole place was watching him. Yeah. And I just remembered sitting there and I, I was with him at the, the I, w- I was with him at the Marriott bar one time, same thing. And, and I'm not starstruck, but I'm at least yeah. around you, Wayne Gretzky. But to me, the fun was watching the people. Seeing other like, people I, yeah. I couldn't yeah. believe it, you know, yeah. and you're just sitting there. And then that was the other time. It was a cold night in January. I'm sitting there with the hockey night in Canada guys at the Marriott bar. You know how tiny that spot is, right? Yeah. Right yeah. after a game, sitting in there, I'm relaxing back. Not that anybody would have any idea who I am. All of a sudden, beautiful fur coat. Who walks in? The old G-man. Well, if he doesn't start cruising around the bar, and as he cruises around the bar, there's no room in the bar. And these guys, and this is so Quebec right there, those guys realized we're not letting the old cash cow get out of the barn here. As he goes to do his loop, they're like, no, 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 hold on. Well, if they didn't come over and they say to about three or four people, Daz boot here. You're out of here. All yeah. of a sudden they come and it's me and the hockey night in Canada guys with the G man. Now G man also Sault Ste. Marie alumni. They rope off a special area for us and tuck us right in there. And like I said, for myself, it wasn't being like, you know, I, no, I no, it was no. cool, yeah. but it was just fun to watch, fun to watch the people. Now let's get back to the regular program in yeah. the Vancouver Canucks. My good friend, yes. Adam Foots, Sue alumni, Sergey Gontra have done a good job, but here's the thing for Rick Tockett. And I minimized, or I didn't know, because he did a great job in Vancouver, in uh, Pittsburgh. His team in Arizona is exactly what we see right now with Vancouver. They were highly structured. They were hard to play against. They didn't have any talent. No. He has, as you no. said, now gone to Vancouver, turned that program around, and you've got Elias Pettersson, and you've got Hughes. How impressive has it been what Rick Tockett has done in Vancouver? No, it's 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 great to watch. Um, and and Vancouver, I mean, it, it could have went either way there. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Oh my god! And and so it's it's good to see. Um, nice to see a Canadian team doing well. Um, yeah. And and they got some they got some pretty good players. They got a good mix of guys. Um, you know, Bassler could shoot the puck. Um, yeah, it's uh, JT Miller can compete when he's on. He's he's very good. Um, so yeah, it'll be how how far can this defense handle um, mm-hmm. going? But when the way they play is they they have the puck a lot, so um, little less need for defense when that's the case. So for Ottawa tonight, I think just really like let's go win almost like a road game here tonight. Just go out play tight defensively, um, feeling good. Your goals will come um, and and just just make sure when you're on the ice that you're not giving up too much. And there's another power play that can be deadly um, yeah. when it's going. So so limit the penalties there. 
Yeah, and my only thought with Pedersen, not as much, but certainly with a guy like Hughes, his durability as the season goes on, yep. not the biggest guy in the world, takes a lot of hits. What can you do to Vancouver? And here's another one as you go through some of the checks and balances. When you have a bad player, a bad contract, I'll even think about Sergey Goncher here in Ottawa. Ottawa kind of found a resolution. You can't get rid of these guys. Jonathan Huberto right now, that's dead weight. The guy doesn't want to be there. He's playing terrible. He was soft in Florida. That's why they get rid of him. Now he's doing yeah. it. In the case of JT Miller, this is a contract, and I'll use the contrast of felt like you kept Miller to get rid of Bo Horvat. How bad is Bo Horvat on the island? And Lou said yeah. at the time probably spooked him, saying, oh, my God, we made too much money. Can't even find the guy. No. JT Miller, As and again, this is coaching, that would have been an absolute anchor contract. And yeah. now he's playing well, he's playing conscious, and yeah. nobody's even talking about it. And I got to say, maybe would you agree one of the most underrated players in the National Hockey League when you look at his point totals? Hundred percent. When he's going, he's he, he's really good. And they, and yeah, yeah um, like eighteen points in twelve games. Um, and and yeah, their their forwards are going because because Manko, good signing. Um, yeah. playing well. Ronick, great trade. He's he's at 13 assists. He's a guy that I kind of watched a little bit, little undersized. Like these guys are maybe a little undersized or slighter than other, but the way they play is it, it works for them, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's the good coaches do that too. They know, they know what they have. Um, and then they, they produce that within their players. And let's also touch on the goaltending. A couple things here, and that's why I'm not feeling it. Uh, I wouldn't roll back with Forsberg tonight because I also don't trust him. And I feel like in a game like tonight, as much as you won in Toronto yesterday, that deflation, that bubble you're on, could be burst pretty quickly by a couple of soft goals. And unfortunately, the soft goals have been there. So I do that. But at the other end, uh, we will see Mr. Demko. And is he not? When I look at Shesterkin, I look at some of these guys, a big body, square on the puck, absolutely athletic. Is he not absolutely your prototypical goaltender that you'd want in the National yeah. Hockey League right now? Yeah, I, I mean, he's playing like that. Um, let's see. It's it's so hard. There's very few goalies that can do that over the co- course of year to year. Um, yeah. There's there's maybe like five guys. So whether he can do that uh, year in and year out, but he looks like that right now. Um, and that's probably um, his team playing well and giving him a chance to to not just get you know, pucks on him at all times and, and giving him a chance to show what he's capable of. So um, he's, he's really turned the corner there this year and uh, that's why they're winning as well. Yeah. And I, I think another thing for them, Justin, same thing last year, and I didn't put them in the category, but Calgary, not a very good hockey team. Edmonton season no. might almost be over. San Jose is beyond dog shit. Yeah. When you look at the LA Kings, very good. Anaheim yeah. transitioning into Arizona. I don't even remember who else is in the division, but that thing right there, when you talk about being wide open right now and to the Edmonton Oilers, they're going to probably send Jack Campbell down. You're going to do something. Could you imagine if they lose to the San Jose Sharks? Like, do you, do you think we'd ever, and it's, it's thrown around. Yeah. Do you think they'd ever touch on trading any of the big two? And I'm not talking Connor McDavid. You're never going to trade. No. He'll be start to finish unless he walks. Do you think they'd ever do something that drastic or would the <sighs> next f- phase be like, what, what the hell do you do if you're, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it is, it is, you're going to look for a goalie. Um, but, but there, there's such in cap trouble because of some oh, bad yeah. signings too so yeah. uh it's going to take some effort there to get out of yeah. that and you and and you're just their their bottom bottom lines talk about bottom lines earlier in the pod mm-hmm. uh they're gonna have to make some smart signings really oh, um, man, that's all yeah. they can do yeah. you know so yeah it's interesting with jeff jackson who i worked with in toronto great guy uh, went on to be a super agent and of course had connor mcdavid uh mm-hmm. Jax is now running the entire operation of all things clients he has forget about connor mcdavid never worry about that he was jack campbell's agent and here's the thing with jack campbell and this isn't all of a sudden him going sideways the calendar year of 2022 he was the worst goaltender in the national hockey league he was terrible at toronto terrible with edmonton any idea or thought he's going to get better but for jacks to handle that and then the other one i keep an eye on just because an ottawa uh, kind of thing Connor Brown, who has a base salary of, I believe, seven fifty. Yeah, he's got a three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar bonus. Should he dress game number ten? And he was and is, or whatever you call him. Well, he's not a Jeff Jackson client anymore. He's actually a problem. No. Well, they've yeah. sat him out the last couple of games because if he plays game number ten, he gets the bonus. My assumption, the way they're handling this, Justin, is if they get to the fifteen game mark, 
and they're out of it, I'm assuming that they're going to waive Connor Brown. And I don't yeah. have a problem with it because that no. salary cap monitor, the 3.25, yeah. actually goes on to the tab for next season. Next so year. Yeah, exactly. what, what a dilemma you're in if you're Jeff Jackson yeah. where you've inherited. It's like you've sold something. Like you've yeah. sold an old car to your buddy. And then all of a and sudden, not, you're the yeah. one that's having to drive around in the car and you realize yeah. it's actually, it, yeah. it ain't running too well. No, exactly. And, and that's too bad. Connor Brown, obviously character character guy oh, but when you, who when doesn't you miss love a Connor, season yeah. you know when you miss a season yeah. like that it's so hard to come back but that you know what it, it might end up being the best thing for him he could sign cheap somewhere else get his yeah. legs back for a year and, and then boom who knows yeah well i don't think he's going to go anywhere this year unfortunately probably have no. to get it up and run the american hockey league well yeah. anyways we've gone past yeah. an hour now yeah. i must also say to all of our big fans out there a little simmer down <sighs> as justin transitions in uh the four-day work week is something are you a generation z or y or whatever <laughs> what generation i'm a 90 from? so i think i'm technically a millennial but okay well whatever yeah. but but the, the five-day work week is hard for you so yeah. i'm working uh, all justin, day tomorrow <laughs> justin will have, well exactly he, he had a prior commitment so prior commitment, uh, my, yeah. my good friend from ts said my old buddy lever sage is going to hop yeah. in with us tomorrow so hey we have absolutely loved the first week with you uh justin it's been a lot of fun finding our way uh, i put out yeah, there we're, we're packed next week with guests we'll have mark mathot we'll have ian mendez uh we'll end up having cheryl pounder we're gonna have just just a whole lot of fun there and yeah. talking some hockey uh building that up for next week but been a lot of fun having the four days brother and uh, we'll yeah no i see you next week enjoy yeah. the weekend thank you cheers and as far as everybody out in Ottawa, I had to come up with this. I didn't get it right yesterday, but I was going to mm. do the old Ron Burgundy. I was going to say, stay classy, stay classy. Ottawa. Yeah. Until next time. Yeah. Over and out. Uh, over and out. Bye. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Simmer Down with John Simpson on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.